0: We are starting a new series tonight, friends. Anybody want to guess what it's called? Y'all are geniuses. It's almost like it's on the screen, right? In really big words. So we're starting a new series called What If. You should have got one of these on the way in. If you didn't, you can still get one. Um, But if you don't want one, it's okay. You don't have to have one. But it can help you stay focused. You can fill in the blanks. It's kind of the notes for the night. It also has our social media stuff at the bottom. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or you don't really follow people on Facebook, but you could, you could like us on Facebook um, or Instagram. So, all that stuff is there on the bottom. So, with that, you're ready to jump into what if? Does anybody know what what if even means? I'm guessing you don't because we haven't talked about it yet. Each week, we're going to ask a question and we're going to say, what if, and we're going to fill in the blank. What if we did this? What if this? And then we're going to kind of talk about what would happen if that were to happen. So this week, we're going to kind of piggyback off of what we talked about last week. And if you weren't with us last week, we talked about the idea that God made you and made me for glory. And specifically for whose glory? For God's glory. God made us. For His glory. For us to know Him, to worship Him, to love Him, and also to love other people. And when we do those things, we bring Him glory. And so, if that's what we're made for, I wanted to start off with this question of what if. And what if we really loved God? Like, we really did that. What if we really loved God with everything we've got? With our whole heart and with our life, we loved Him. Because it's really easy to say, yeah, I love God, totally. Anybody in here ever heard somebody say they love God? And then you look at their life and you're like, nothing in their life points to the fact that they love God. Have you ever seen someone like that? Have you ever lived like that? I know I have. I've said I love God before, but then my actions didn't point to God whatsoever that week. So if somebody looked at my life, they wouldn't say he loves God, they'd say he loves video games. Or he loves picking on his brother, or he loves Air Jordans, or he loves to, uh, you know, put dog poop in a in a wallet and put it in the road with some fake money and wait for people to drive by and stop and get it. I did do that once. It was funny. Um, <laughs> they would say that's what he loved, <laughs> and so. What if all of us in here really started to love God, though? Like, for real. Not just with our words. We don't just say, oh, yeah, I totally love God. But what if we really did? Isn't that funny? What if we love God? (laughs) That is funny. That is so funny. Okay, so what would happen if we did this? That's the question, right? So what if we really love God, and then what would happen if we were to love God? Well, there's a story. Joshua, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Anybody in here ever read the book of Joshua? A few of you. Sweet. You know where it's at in the Bible. It's in the what? The Old Testament. It's in the Old Testament, which is the bigger, thicker part. It's the older part. It's the part that's been around for a lot longer. And there's this story about this city, city of Jericho. We're going to talk about the city of Jericho and what God did with his people when they came to Jericho. Now, let me set up the story really quick, okay? People of Israel. Everybody heard the story of Moses? You know, the guy with the Ten Commandments? He led the people of Israel out of Egypt when they were slaves and took them out on this long journey that took forever, seemingly, through the desert, trying to get to a place called... Anybody know? The promised land. They're trying to get to the promised land. God's promised place and promised home for his people. And so Moses is leading them to this promised land. Now eventually Moses dies. And someone else takes over and starting to lead them now. And they've gotten to the city of Jericho. And it's in the way of them getting to the promised land. So to get to where God's called them to, and to do what God's called them to do, and to get uh, to this place, they have to go through Jericho. So this is what happens, Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. So the the jerichoans I don't know if that's right, but the people in Jericho Knew the Israelites were coming, okay? This is a lot of people. This isn't like just a group of 20 people rolling up on a city, okay? This is like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming up to this city. So the people see them coming, and they put these huge walls up, right? And they bar it up, and they get it all secure. And then it said, no one came out, and no one came in. So nobody's leaving this place. No one's coming in. No one's going out of Jericho. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua is the one who's leading Israel now, right? He is the one in charge. Moses is gone. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with his king and his fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Okay, so they roll up on this city that's got these huge walls. Nobody's going in or out. And God's like, See, Joshua, I totally gave you the city, dude. Okay, when you roll up on a city and you're an army and you're going to try to take it over, but there's this huge wall, do you have the city? No, you don't have the city. There's a huge wall in your way. There's a huge barrier. So they don't have the city, but God's like, see, I've given it to you. If you're Joshua, you're like, what are you talking about, dude? God, I know you're God, but I don't understand what you're saying right now. Because there's a huge wall. We don't have the city. And then God says, just take your men and march around the city. What is that going to do? Does marching around a wall do anything? It gives you a workout, I guess. It makes you sweat. But does it do anything to the wall? Nah. -uh. You should try it when you go home. Like if you have a fence or a wall anywhere around you, like just walk around it a few times. See what happens. See if it falls down or something. It'd be kind of cool. So God says, here, I've given you this city. Now just march around it. Okay, whatever you say, God. Um, Let's keep reading. It says, Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. Now, the ark is the thing that the people of God had that contained God's glory, contained His presence on earth. Now, this isn't the case anymore, because God lives where now? In us now. We're the temple of God now. So... But back then, the people didn't have the Holy Spirit yet, so they had His Spirit, His presence, His glory in this thing called an ark. And they would carry it around everywhere they went. And so, He's saying, hey, put seven priests in front of this ark, where my presence is, and have them have ram's horns, which are like these trumpets. They're called a shofar. Can you say that with me? On three? One, two, three. Shofar. They smell weird. I've, I've blown in one before. It smells really weird. Um, it's kind of like a big... Anyway, it's like a big fingernail, basically. Have you ever seen a horn before? Anyway, it's weird. So, on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Okay. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Okay, let's review this plan one more time, okay? There's a huge wall, big city. You're supposed to take over the city because it's in your way to get to the promised land, okay? God says, march around the city for six days. So that's how many laps around the city? Six, correct, way to go, y'all are math geniuses. On the seventh day, go around it seven times. How many times is that? Seven plus six is what? Geniuses. Thirteen, yes, that's thirteen. So, on the seventh trip around, on the seventh day, so the very last lap, the thirteenth lap, have the priest give a big blow of the trumpet, right? The big horn. I'm sure it sounded just like that, right? And as soon as the army hears the... Have them yell. So pretend I'm the priest and I just blew the horn. Wow. Y'all sound like sick, dying goats. We'll pretend that was a mighty yell just then, okay? So the priests blow the horn on the 13th lap the men and and the army just yell and shout. And God says the walls will come down to the city. Now, think about physics and what you know about just demolition. Is that typically how you bring a wall down? Not even a little. Is that typically how you bring anything down? I mean, if you had like the best looking castle of legos that you built this one day and it's standing up if you march around it a little bit and yell and blow a horn is the thing going to fall down no your even little lego castle is not going to fall down for that okay you have to physically kick it or hit it or something you got to shake the floor you got to do something you got to get physical with it but these guys god says just march around don't touch it just march around and then blow a trumpet and yell Okay. But he promises if you do that, the walls will come down and all of you can just swarm the city and you can take it over. And you can get that much closer to your promised land that I promised you. So I'm going to cut to the chase. Guess what happens? They do all this stuff. Joshua believes God. Joshua follows what God said, even though it sounds loco, Crazy! He does it anyway. The army does all these things. On the 13th lap, they blow the trumpet, they all yell, the walls crumble down. Now, picture yourself in this army. You haven't touched this wall. Nobody in your army's touched the wall. It's a huge, massive city and a huge, massive wall. And the thing just fell down when you yelled. It's right. crazy! But if you knew that God had said that's what was going to happen, and then when you did it, it happened, what's going to happen with how you think about God? You're probably going to start believing Him a little bit more, right? You're probably going to trust Him a little bit more, because you learned something new about Him, right? That He is he's trustworthy, He actually knows what He's talking about, and He can make walls fall down without even touching them. Crazy. And so what happens is these walls literally crumble down. Israel, the the nation of Israel, the army comes in and takes over the entire city. And it happens exactly like God said. And it's all because Joshua and the people of Israel followed what God called them to. And they trusted him. They believed him. And it happened. And so incredible things can happen when you love and follow God. The people of Israel were God's people, right? These were his children. These were the folks that were all about him. So they, they literally were following him. Like they weren't just figuratively following him. The, in the Bible, it talks about how God was a cloud, a pillar of cloud by day. So picture like almost like a funnel cloud, like a tornado looking kind of thing. And then at night, he was a pillar of fire. So imagine a tornado on fire. Okay, so he's leading the people of Israel around like that. So they've literally been following God. Now there's moments, it's crazy, they've seen all this stuff happen, they've seen him part the Red Sea, they've seen him do this cloud of of pillar and fire and all this stuff, and he's brought these walls down. Israel still has moments where they doubt, and they still have moments where they struggle, but they've been following him, and so they, they love him, they're trusting him, and when they do that, they see these miracles happen like these walls in Jericho where they just fall after they did something that makes no sense other than the fact they just did what what God asked them to do. So, incredible things can happen when we start to do the same thing the people of Israel did. But the problem is that most of us don't love and follow God like that, right? Would you agree with that? Most of us, if we were to, to... Feel like God called us to walk around a building 13 times in the course of seven days and then yell at the end of it, and the whole thing was going to come crumbling down. Most of us would probably think, I'm not going to do that. That's a little crazy. And a lot of it is because we don't trust God, a lot of it is because we don't have the same kind of faith that maybe these these people of God had in the Old Testament. There could be all kinds of reasons why you wouldn't do it. I, and I don't know what they are. Maybe you don't even know who God is. So why would you trust him? Why would you do that? That makes sense. If you don't even believe that there is a God, then why would you do these things that you feel like God's called you to do? But if you say you know God and you love God and you want to do what God asks of you, do you think it always is going to make total sense to you? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I'm sure this plan didn't make a whole lot of sense to them, but it worked, and I think it all comes back to this element of trust and faith in them following after God. Now, let's talk about the walls, right? Because this is a literal thing, like this literally happened, walls came down when the people of God followed him, but I think we can also take this figuratively as well and apply it to other, other parts of our life now, right? Right? So, there are all kinds of walls that keep us from God, right? Those walls could have kept God's people from trying to take that city, right? You could have walked up on Jericho and saw those huge walls and you're in the army and been like, dude, I'm not touching that, man. That's huge. We can't do anything with that. We don't have any pickaxes. We don't have any dynamite. We got no bazookas. I don't have any grenades. I got no nukes. I got Nothing. And so you back off and you run away from the walls, right? So that, those walls could have totally kept them from pursuing what God had called them to. Same thing happens to us today, right? We hit a wall, we see a wall, and we know it's keeping us from something God's called us to, and we get scared and we run away. Because we think there's no way. There's no way we can take this wall down. Or there's no way God can take this wall down. And so then... We run, we get scared, we we back off. So walls are not just for Jericho, they're also for us. Now, sometimes they're built up, kind of like these barriers we built up in our heart or in our life towards God. Sometimes it's barriers and walls we put up towards other people. Sometimes it's barriers and walls we put up even against ourselves sometimes. And so these walls can kind of pop up all over the place, but ultimately they're a barrier that keep us from following and knowing and trusting and loving God. You get me? Do you all have things like that in your life? I know I do. I got things like that that definitely will pop up and it's like, this is a definite wall for me. But when we trust God and listen to him, walls in our life can, just like Jericho, they can start to come down. And we can overcome these things. These aren't permanent walls that can never be brought down. Because God can do anything, right? I mean, God can bring down walls with just walking around it and yelling at it. So if he can do that, surely he can take down walls that we put up, or walls that just happen in our life that keep us from following him. So, how can we actually do that, right? How can we have these walls come down? How can we trust God? How can we know God? How can we follow him? How can we really do that? Well, glad you asked. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus says this, okay? Y'all heard of him? Yeah? Have y'all heard of him? Yeah? Y'all heard of Jesus over here? Yeah? He's, he's kind of a big deal. Um, he's actually the big deal. He is God and man all together in one. He's God's son. He was perfect, died for you and me. We talked about him in our last series. And so he's the Messiah, the Savior, he is God in flesh, right? And he says this, If you love me, keep my commands. It's pretty simple, right? Pretty straightforward. If you love me, then keep my commands. So we're talking about what if we really love God? What if we really did that? That means we really are going to do what then? If we really love God, we're going to follow his commands. We're going to keep his commands, right? That's what Jesus just said. So... These are some of the things Jesus said, right? So these are some of the commands. When he says, if you love me, you'll, you'll follow my commands. He said, to love your enemy. Y'all heard that one before? Yeah, Jesus said it. He said, love your enemy. Do it. It's not easy, but just do it, okay? He also said this. Um, apologize quickly. Like, if you do something wrong towards somebody, or you took them off, or you just, you just stole from them, or you, you talked about them behind their back, or whatever, you stole their boyfriend or girlfriend, Whatever. Go and apologize to them quickly. Don't just sit there and let it fester or just wait for that other person to come to you. Jesus says literally, hey, it doesn't matter what that person's doing, go and apologize. Make it right and do it now. So there's something else Jesus said to do. Um, don't worry. Anybody in here worry about stuff? Yeah. <laughs> probably everybody. Yeah, we worry a lot. We're stressful people, right? We, we stress about things, how we look what other people think about us, what God thinks about us, what our parents think about us, if we're going to get in trouble for the thing that we did that our parents told us not to do. You know, we we worry about a lot of things. But Jesus said to not do that. Don't worry. What else did he say? He said, don't judge others. So don't look your nose down at somebody. Don't think you're better than anybody. Don't. Try to put some kind of rules and guidelines on somebody that they don't need or that they shouldn't have on their life. So don't judge other people. Jesus also said to be generous, be giving, be willing to give up, be willing to sacrifice. We talked about a lot of these things in the last series, right? So all these things sound good and nice, right? You look at this list, you're like, love your enemy. Okay, I would like to be that person that loves my enemy um apologize quickly yeah i know i should do that that's right okay don't worry that would be great i would love to not worry that would be fantastic um don't judge other people i don't really want to judge other people sometimes it happens but i don't want to so that's good too i like that be generous yeah totally because i want people to be generous to me so i want to be generous to other people so all this stuff sounds good yeah thank you a couple people answered yeah it sounds good this sounds awesome So if we love God, we're going to do what? We're going to do these things because Jesus said to. But here's my question. How did I know those things? How did I know what those things were even were? How did I put them on the screen just now? Other than the magic wand I got. What? Somebody just said read the Bible. I don't know who it was, but they get browning points. Right back there, brownie points. Yes, I read the Bible. I had to actually read it. I had to open it up and see what did Jesus say. Now, be honest in here, and you don't have to raise your hand, but just think to yourself when I ask this question. How many of you in here are saying, you say you're a Christian, you say you love God, you say you want to follow Him, and I'm not saying that any of that's not true. But if you say those things, how many of you in here spend any time in your Bible. Just you and the Bible. Don't raise your hand. Don't point. Don't do anything like that. Hold up how many hours you read it. I'm not asking that. Because I think a lot of us, and I did this in middle school and high school, I would say I totally love God. I want to follow Him. I want to do what He says. But if you ask me what He says, all I could tell you is what my youth pastor told me. I could never tell you what the Bible says unless my youth pastor told me what the Bible said. Because I never opened it up. And I get it. I get it, dude. It can be boring. It, it, it can. I mean, you can read some of the stuff in the Old Testament, and your eyes can glaze over, and it look, It feels like you're reading a history book, right? It's like, I don't even know what they're saying. I don't even know how to pronounce these names. Dude, it can get rough. But we've got to remember, one, it's not a history book. It's God's way of speaking to us. It's the biggest way He speaks to us. So if we say, dude, I want to follow God. I want to know Him. I want to hear what he has to say, guess what we got to start trying to do? Reading the Bible more. Now there's no like set time and day and place and time and all that stuff. There's none of that. You can set that stuff up if it helps you. But at the end of the day, if we want to follow and know God, if we want to really love God and know his commands, because he said, hey, if you love me, you'll obey my commands, we got to start picking this thing up and reading it, right? So, If we want to know more of God, we need to listen to him, right? And we just said the biggest way he speaks to us is through what? The Bible, right? The biggest way he talks to us is through the Bible. So, therefore, if that's true, that means the more we listen to him, the more we read our Bible, the more we'll know him, right? Because if he's talking to us more, like we're reading the Bible and he's talking to us through that, that means we know more about him. Because we're hearing Him. When you're friends with somebody and they're talking to you, is that pretty much how you find stuff out about that person, is when they talk to you and you listen? It is, right? I mean, some of you stalk Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and that's how you find your stuff out. But in general, you have to listen to somebody to find out about them. If you, once you guys go on a date, guys, especially... Listen to me right now, guys. I'm about to give you some sage wisdom right now, okay? When you go on a date with a lady... And you ask her questions. Number one, ask her questions. Number two, listen. Don't like glaze over and ask if she's going to finish her fries. Like, listen to her. Because you listening helps you know her. And then, likewise, if the ladies ask you something and you talk, hopefully they're listening to you so they can find out if you're a knucklehead or not. And if they want to go hang out with you again. And so listening is a huge part of this. And if we're reading the Bible, that's God speaking to us. We got to listen because it helps us know him. And that's the whole reason we do it is we want to just listen to God. It's not so we can say, I totally read my Bible today. I'm an awesome Christian. No, no, no. That doesn't make you an awesome Christian. Okay, you wanting to read the Bible just to hear from God. That's what God's asking for you to do just to hear from Him. That's the whole reason you do it. So if you do that, if you start to listen to him, you start to read your Bible more, right? You start to hear him. You start to listen. You start to kind of soak that in. You start to know him more. So now that you start to know him more, the more you start to love him. Again, let's go back to the relationship, right? You're on a date. You're starting to listen. You're asking questions. You're actually listening, guys. Way to go. You're listening to the lady. That's good. You're, hearing, you're liking what you're hearing, right? She's talking about things you're into. She sounds pretty smart which makes you feel a little dumb, but that's okay, because they are smarter. And then, y'all date for, let's just say you date for a year. You're like, dude, I think I'm ready to drop the L word on this girl. What? You tell her you love her. Why did you say you love her? Because you, you started to know her. You got to know her. You got to know what she was into, what she liked, what she was about, And then if you played your cards right, she might say she loves you back, but it would be for the same reason, because she heard you and listened to you and knows who you are, and that leads to you guys either breaking out or you guys loving each other. It's similar to us and God. The more we know about God, the more we listen to God, the more we hear him the more we're going to love Him. It's really easy for us to say we love God, but if we know nothing about God, we don't listen to God at all, we don't have any kind of relationship with God, then it's hard for us to really mean that we love God and to really live that out. But if we're listening to Him, we're reading this, this book that He calls the Bible that He gives to us to speak to us, and we're knowing Him more, we're like, oh, dude, I, like when I talk about God, I know Him because I listen to Him. He talks to me. Now, that can sound really weird, right? If you walk around telling people, God talks to me. <laughs> it's not like, what? What's, what's that? God just told me to tell you guys to start wearing some deodorant, okay? Because you're stinky, all right? No, 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 that's not how it works. When we say God talks to us, he talks to us through the Bible. Yes, that's what we're talking about specifically tonight. Can He talk to you other ways? Sure. But specifically tonight, we're talking about the Bible. So if we're listening to Him, we're knowing Him, now we're starting to love Him and we really mean it. Like, we really mean it because we really know what we're talking about now. I really love God because I know who He is now. Now get this, this is the key, right? Because, again, we can can start to know Him and we can start to love Him. But it's got to go past that. And this is where it goes once we start to love Him then the more we start to follow him. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands, right? They didn't say, you will know my commands. It says, he says, you will keep my commands. That implies what? That you're actually doing it. That you're actually doing these things. So, we have to start listening to God first. Once we start to listen to him, we start to know him, okay? Okay? We start to know him, we start to love him. But for real, not just with our words. Like we literally start to love him because we know him now. Now that we know him, now that we love him, now we start to actually follow him. Let's go back to the relationship one more time. You've dated for a year. You've dropped the L-bomb on each other because you knew each other. You love each other now. Okay, now you've, you've been loving each other for a little while. Let's say for another six months. Then it's like, oh dude... I'm going to take this thing to the next level I'm propose you drop the ring you drop the, the diamond the blingy bling on her she says yes unbelievable you totally faked her out and pulled the wool, wool over her eyes she said yes somehow now y'all are going to get hitched you get married now you go by separate houses and you live in different states did I mess that up? is that that's not how it goes right? You usually get married and then you do what? You, you get like a house or an apartment together, right? You start to do what? Live life together and follow each other, right? We're not going to go into what else happens, but that's, that's kind of what goes down. You date. You get to know each other. You fall in love. You get married. And then you start to live life together and follow each other. Again, a lot like our relationship with God. We meet him. We start to know him. We fall in love with him. I know that sounds weird and romantic. I don't mean it necessarily like a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. But you start to love him because you know him. Then you start to follow him. You start to live your life with him. See, this whole relationship and this whole Christianity thing, it's not all about rules. It's not all about, it's not all about you coming here and taking notes. I mean, those things are great. It's not even about coming to church. But that's a good thing. God calls us to do that too. But at the end of the day, it's about a relationship with us and our Creator. It's about us and God. And specifically in middle school right now, the temptation for you is for you to have a relationship, a relationship with God, because your parents have one. You're a Christian because your parents are a Christian. That's not really what makes you a Christian. Or you're a Christian because your big brother or big sister is a Christian, or because your best friends are Christian. None of those things make you a Christian. At the end of the day, all of this is about a relationship with you and God. And you can only do that through Jesus. He's the only one that makes that to where that can happen. But when you trust in Jesus, you believe Jesus is who he said he was, and that you accept him and start to follow him and do these things we were talking about, Not because it's a list of rules of do's and don'ts, but because you're learning who God is and you want to follow Him and you want to do that because you love Him. You start reading your Bible and listening to Him, you start to have a relationship. So that's what this is all about. A relationship between you and God. And a huge part of it, and this is going to sound really churchy and really youth pastor of me, but is to read your Bible. I mean, it's the only way for me to have a relationship with God is to really, like, listen to Him and have Him speak to me. Back in the day, the church in the, in the New Testament, when they first started, they had to share a Bible. And they would literally gather together just for the sake of hearing the Bible together and talking about it. Because that's how God would speak to them and how they would know how they needed to live their life and what they can do to, to really love God. And it's the same thing for us, but the cool thing now is we have our Bible on our phones. Like, I can pull up three different translations of it right now. It's crazy. But it's really cool. You can pull it up on your iPod Touch. You can just have a copy of it laying on your your nightstand next to your bed. I think almost all of us in here have a copy of it. If you don't, we have them in the atrium. We will hook you up. So here's my challenge to you tonight. is just to start picking it up. And just read a little bit of it. Just read some of it. And here's the thing. Here's the heart behind it. Not just because I said to, but because you want to hear from God. You want to hear God speak to you. You want to learn more about who He is. Because you want to really love Him. You don't want this to just be words. You don't want this to just be a show. To say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to Revolution. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like, no, I really do love God. That's why I go to Revolution. That's why I'm picking up my Bible right now, and even though sometimes it's hard to read and I don't understand it all the time, I still want to read it because I want to get something out of it. I want to learn more about who God is because I want to know what he wants me to do with my life, and you can start doing that now in middle school. You can make Christianity your relationship with God, not your parents' relationship or anybody else's, but your relationship with God.